Hello and welcome to the Brutal Iron Gym Podcast, where our goal is to cut through the BS and deliver the brutal truth about topics related to health and happiness. Today is podcast number 1,600, so 1,600, pretty cool. Uh, The topic is training and the title is, Does Weight Loss Affect Leverages for Squat, Bench, and Deadlift? Hmm. So this question came from our members board in the gym. We have a board where members can submit any questions they want and I answer them on the podcast. Now you can do that through email. You can do that uh, on the podcast. You know, if there's a place for comments, just write a question. Uh, email is the best, if you don't mind. Uh, it's brutalirongym at gmail.com. But you can contact us on Instagram, you know, YouTube, anywhere. Anywhere that I post something, I'll probably get an alert that you sent something, <laughs> uh, question-wise. But email is, is the best, so brutalirongym at gmail.com. Or if you're a member of our gym, you can write up on the whiteboard and we'll answer it. So the question the person asked was, does weight loss truly affect bench leverages? So I figured we'd expand this, talk about more than just bench press. The answer is yes. Um, if you if you change body size, and especially the size of your stomach, it will change how you feel in major strength lifts. So we're going to talk about squat, bench, and deadlift, but this would be true for a strong man who maybe do like overhead press. They do a lot of like, uh, you know, like yoke carry, pharma carry, things like that. The, the, the body weight, like your weight, will change how much you can lean into or lean, lean away from like a weight and have it like influence that weight. Now, even if you're not involving like leaning, you know, so I'm not talking about like dragging a sled or, or pushing something into something. Uh, we, we, if we talk about static lifts where you're just standing stationary, squat, bench, deadlift, yes, it does, it does change. Now, for me, I, I started lifting when I was 16 years old. I started actually exercising when I was 15. But I started lifting with weights when I was 16 years old. I'm 39 now, which feels like forever, like feels so old. <laughs> but 39. And so I've been lifting for 23 years. I started lifting at 165 pounds. I got into bodybuilding, gained a lot of size, and I actually have grown up to 295 pounds. So I was 130 pounds added, and I didn't have like a belly over my waistline, never had, you know, poochie belly. So it was all very, like, pretty damn clean (laughs) uh, weight gain, you know. So uh, you could see like the edges, like the outlines of my abs on the outside edge of my abs at 295. So pretty damn big. Uh, I have then, since then, I had dieted down at one point down to 207 pounds uh, because I did this crazy 10th month um, challenge for myself. I just wanted to see if I could do certain things. And I played with different uh, protein percentages and diets, uh, trying to do cardio every day and doing some other odds and ends. But I dieted down to 207 and I'm now back uh, up around 260. So I've, I've always fluctuated up and down quite a bit. You know, since my, it, when I started when at 16, I was 165 and I went through a phase where I only ate one meal a day. So like kind of like anorexic type stuff. And I, at 18, I was still only 165. I then figured out, you know, no, like I thought nothing was working here. I just wasn't eating. And then I started gaining size. And at 19, at 20, I think 1920, I finally crossed over 200 pounds. So I've been somewhere between 200 and 295 up and down, up and down, everywhere in there uh, for the last, say, 19 years. Now, a lot of it was, you know, I'd I'd gain 50 pounds, take 30 of it back off, and held a good bit of muscle. I'd gain, you know, X amount of weight, then take some of it back off, held a good bit of muscle. That's how I walked my way back, like, all the way up to 295 and could actually see the edges of my abs. So 
I have lifted at every weight. <laughs> so uh, I've lifted, you know, one rep maxes, whatever my abilities were at the time, you know, as light as 165 pounds at six foot tall. And I've lifted one rep maxes at 295 pounds at six foot tall. So I've lifted at every weight. Now, my strongest weight, when you're talking about kind of overall total poundage, has been when I was lifting around like somewhere between 240 to 260. For me, that was my strongest. That's in that range is when I hit a 600-pound squat and sleeves, 430 bench, and a 700-pound deadlift. And I was very happy with all that because that's after after some injuries and stuff. Like I've broken my collarbone three times. I have metal plates in my shoulder uh, and did some other injuries to my shoulders younger playing football. So to bench 430, I'm actually really really happy with that. <laughs> so uh, I remember after my last surgery I had, I had to relearn how to bench press the bar. Uh, due to the surgery, the front of my shoulder is actually numb. I can't feel the front of my shoulder. So when I first got back to lifting, if I closed my eyes and tried to bench press the barbell, it was very crooked. So my right arm wouldn't extend because I couldn't feel like the right type of contraction in my right shoulder. So I had to relearn how to bench press. So very happy with all those numbers. I'd like to get that like 430 up to like 450, you know. And then the 600 maybe to 1,000, 700 to 1,000. <laughs> love to be stronger, uh, but decent numbers. So uh, what I have noticed personally and with training, so I've trained over 3,000 people of all sizes. I've helped people get elite totals, international elite totals, top 50 totals in powerlifting. Uh, you know, I've helped competitive strongmen. So I've, I've helped a, a lot of people, and I personally have the experience, that changing your body weight, especially when it impacts the size of your belly, your stomach, it does impact how you feel in the main lifts. Now, does it mean you're going to be weaker when you're lighter? No, I've actually been my strongest kind of in the middle of my weight ranges. And I have a ton of athletes who are strong as hell after we've cleaned up their diet and got them leaner. So we might have lost, they came to me, you know, we started working on nutrition, we started working on training, they might have dropped 20, 25 pounds, and they're way stronger than they were 20 pounds heavier, way stronger. So the best weight isn't your your heaviest so just like if you look at world's strongest men you know oh brian shaw weighs 420 pounds or thor weighed 400 pounds or like there's there's all of them (laughs) all of them pretty much weigh over 400 pounds but uh, most of them weigh well over 320 but a lot of people like ray um oh my gosh i just blanked on his name oh man that's gonna that's gonna bug me uh super strong uh squatter ray williams there you go that's that's what it was uh you know he's over 400 pounds you look at uh like blaine sumner he's a geared lifter and he's way over 400 pounds you look at these people weighing that much like the strong man they're also six eight so you gotta take that into consideration they move absolute poundage they are not the like the strongest pound for pound like, I have a lifter who competes at 148 who has damn near a 10-time 10, 10 body weight total. You don't see a 400-pound lifter putting up a 4,000-pound total. So, whether you want absolute strength or whether you want pound-for-pound pound strength, that does change whether you give a crap about your body weight and how it would influence things. But let's get to that at the end. So first thing in squats, one of the things you'll feel is stability at parallel. This is not always true, but what you might notice, and for most people, this is to some degree true. 
so it's worth saying, <laughs> is that when you are parallel, whatever your squat, like bar placement, high bar, or low bar, whatever your uh, stance, you know, whether you wear Olympic shoes or flat shoes, whether you stand wide, narrow, whatever, when you're at parallel, it's likely that your lower stomach touches your quadriceps, your thighs. And to some degree, there is a sense of confidence, a sense of stability when the lower belly like presses into the thighs at the bottom of the squat. Now, when you lose 20, 30 pounds and your belly shrinks, but you maintain the same width of your feet for squatting, you'll notice that that feeling, that sensation of security isn't there. You might choose to actually bring your feet in a little bit to give you more of that stability at the at parallel. And then also, people with really big bellies tend to have to squat really wide, even if they're not skeletal frame-wise, anatomically built for wide stance squats. So they might struggle with squats their whole life because their belly's in the way of them having a better stance that anatomically fits their bones. So if they lost their belly, all of a sudden, boom, their strength shoots up. So that is something that is very impactful in squats. The size of your stomach, the way it touches or doesn't touch your thighs, can absolutely change the stance width, whether optimal or, or not optimal, and whether you feel safe or not safe, kind of like confident in that parallel position. Also, typically when people lose weight, they indirectly improve mobility. Even if they don't mean to, it typically helps improve mobility. So they might have better and healthier shoulders. So all of a sudden they can get into a better like scapular retraction and like, uh, like a nice stable upper back position for the bar. And then all of a sudden from the hip to their bar, like their spine is more of a neutral position. It's locked down muscular wise and they feel way strong. So even just mobility improvement in the upper body can improve squats, let alone typically when people lose weight, they improve indirectly mobility and that can help improve their hips, which helps them hit parallel better without less of like a rounding of the lower back because their adductors aren't so tight. So there is an impact of weight and especially belly size when it comes to squat. Now bench press, hell freaking yes. <laughs> uh, changing your body weight, changing your body thickness and size does impact like strength leverages the way in which you would feel in your bench press. D again, it doesn't mean you're going to be weak. It just means it would change the way it feels. So you might have to change some of your technique. You know, when I was fluctuating with my weight, I absolutely changed my technique in all like three lifts, squat, bench, deadlift, based on what I weighed. You know, when I was 220, 225, 230, I squat, benched, and deadlifted differently than I do now at 260. You're just thicker. You're thicker in your chest, thicker in your lats. You know, your upper arms, like my upper arms are 19 and a half. I'd love to give them to 20 inches, but they're 19 and a half inches. So when you bench press, like your your upper arms have a, a like a pressure connection. They're touching your lats to some degree. And that gives you stability, just like your belly touching your thighs gives you stability in, in squat. So having less thickness, even just overall thickness, uh, it can impact stability and bracing that you feel in the bench press. The weight can actually push you around more. So say you, you were at 280 and you dieted down and now you're 220 or 240. 
it will feel like your top end weights are kind of pushing you around. You'll feel a little less stability. So you need to learn to actually use more leg stability than you've ever used before. And that can feel weird or kind of new, or you don't even know that you need to do it. So you're not doing it yet. <laughs> um, but it does have an impact. Also, the thicker someone is, especially if they have shorter upper arm bones, uh, you know, that can change kind of the way in which the bench feels. Typically, if people have shorter upper arm bones, uh, this is all like extremely different depending on the person. But we'll leave the arm bones out of it. So let's just go with the general premise of where the bar touches. If you touch higher on your sternum, thickness of your body doesn't matter quite as much. But if you do lose body fat, you're going to lose some fat off your back. Uh, and there's differences, male or female, but actually there's a lot of females who store body fat in their back. And there are some males that don't. But if, you, if your back is less thick, it'll feel like the depth in which you have to lower down to touch your chest with a bar will feel deeper. And then especially if your belly goes down <laughs> or your chest size goes down, then that's again going to increase the feel of the range of motion of the bench press. And that can have a significant impact on confidence at the bottom. And it can have an impact on strength as well. Now, if we look at deadlift, hell yes. You know, big belly is a pain in the ass to deadlift. That's why a lot of people, when they're really big belly powerlifters or big belly strongmen, their squats are significantly better than their deadlifts. I mean, I'm talking 200, 300 pounds. Huge difference. And it's because in the squat, their belly presses into the thighs. They feel very stable. But in the deadlift, their big damn belly is out in front of them. So it's pulling their center of gravity forward. They're more on their toes. And... Typically, if somebody has a big belly, they're going to have a distended stomach. They're going to have forward tilted hips, so anteriorly tilted hips. That's going to decrease the ability for their glutes to engage in the lockout. So a big belly, they might have to, in their starting position, take a stance wider than what's anatomically best for their skeletal frame. So all of a sudden they don't best activate and, and like engage their quadriceps. They over-rely on their adductors. They don't get their glutes really well involved. So their starting position is awful. So they try to drive it off the floor and then it just dies at their knees. You can also have the same problem, uh, but on the other side is not the lockout, is they can get it off the ground, but since they're forward in their toes, since their hips are anteriorly ro rotated, they're not going to be able to get the lockout really well. So you'll see them really struggle with the lockout. That's Ray Williams, that's uh, that Blaine Sumner. Like big belly powerlifters, big belly strongmen, they tend to have much better squats than deadlifts because their body type is better for squatting, but it's horrible, horrible for deadlifting. So you might then ask, well, where should I be? You know, what, what, what body weight is best for me? Should, do I need to be lean to be strong or do I need to be fat to be strong? <laughs> so what, what in the world, you know, what do I need? Um, it, it depends. There are great power lifters who are shredded. There are great power lifters who are like, would be clinically obese. It <laughs> uh, just kind of depends on what you want. What do you want from your lifting? What do you want from like your strength lifts? If you want to feel strong and then still just kind of eat whatever you want, then it's okay to be fat. You're going to, you can still be strong. You just got to learn how to live with your leverages and figure it all out. Uh, but if you want to be strong and competitive and you have the ability to be very muscularly massive, like you can build some big, thick arms. 
build like 20 inch arms, then you're probably going to be okay to have some body fat on you. You know, if you're uh, 20 to 30 percent body fat, but you're pretty damn thick, really big muscles, you're probably fine. You don't need to necessarily be leaner. You're just genetically a thick person. Uh, so good for you, <laughs> you know. But if you want to be strong and competitive, but you don't have a thick body frame, you know, you, you, it, when anytime you try to gain weight, you typically just gain body fat. You don't really see a lot of muscle mass like increase. Well, then you're probably best to be lean. Again, if that's when you, if you want to be competitive. And then especially if you have other performance aspects like CrossFit, you know, where you want to be super strong, but you also have to do every crazy ass weird movement under the sun, uh, then you have to be really lean. You want to have every pound of your body be useful <laughs> uh, in some way. Like if, if, if anything on your body can contract, that's what you want. <laughs> so you want to be super lean. So really, you know, what weight is best for you? It depends on what you want. You know, if you want to be strong and eat fun foods and not worry too much about dieting, then go ahead and let your body weight be up, you know, body fat percentage be up and just work with your leverages you got do what you can. If you want to be super competitive, if you have the ability to be super massive, like you can get big, thick legs, big, thick arms, then by being, having some body fat, 20, 30% body fat is okay. But if you can't get that big, thick musculature, then the leaner you are, the better. So a lot of the powerlifters I work with that have elite totals, overwhelmingly, the majority of them are super lean, very lean. Okay. Cool. So that's a good answer. Now, if you want to know like more about nutrition, so if you do want to change your body fat percentage, uh, we have podcast 1,232. You can find that on our website and you can learn about that. It, it's, it's basically me telling you how to set up your own nutrition program. <laughs> so step-by-step step, how you can set up your own nutrition program. Pretty damn good service there. We also have on our website, www.brillarengym.com, we have a link called Free Nutrition Education. If you go to that link, that page. The first thing on that page says create your own nutrition program. And it has a document that'll take you step by step through that podcast, 200, uh, 1232. So it has a link to that podcast, but it also takes you step by step and has like a summary to it. So you can check that out on our website as well. And then we do have our uh, services that help. So we have one-on-one coaching where I do everything personalized for you, both training and nutrition. We also have one-on-one nutrition only. So if you like your training program and you just want help in nutrition, I can do that. And then we also have our live monthly programming service, which is a really fun service where I write brand new programs every four weeks. You would get uh, one of the program categories, but you still get one-on-one -on -one education, one-on-one Q&A, anything you ever want one-on-one -on -one with that service, but it's only $50 a month. So really cool. Uh, the, the program options are power building, which is, you know, powerlifting and like straw man and stuff like that, uh, where you want to get stronger. And if you eat a certain way, you can definitely get bigger. If you don't want to eat for growth, you just train and control your nutrition and you get super strong then we have female shape development program a pure bodybuilding program functional athleticism program and then a functional longevity program so you can pick any of those programs you get brand new uh, programs every four weeks every exercise has a video tutorial you can ask any question you want at any time and i will one-on-one -on -one answer it so you get a one-on-one -on -one coach for a q a while getting a program that is really good and what makes it like live is you get the best of my knowledge every single month the programs are written every Every single month brand new so it's not something i wrote two years ago that i'm selling to everybody now <laughs> it's literally what i write every single month the best of what i know how to do 
Cool. So check out all those services if you're interested in them. So thank you to the member who asked this question. I hope that this helps. If you have any follow-up questions, just let me know. If you have any questions at all, feedback, suggestions, really anything, just let me know. My email brutalironjim at gmail.com. If you like our podcast, please share it. The more people we share it with, the more people we can help. When you share it, let people know that we answer questions for free. So anything they want to know can be answered for free through this podcast and thank you to those who donate to support the podcast we can actually afford to do this <laughs> so it's every single day and i spend an hour on it every day and it's completely for free so if you do want to donate to support the podcast for the hosting costs and all the other craziness that comes with it you can do that on our website even just five dollars a month it does add up and it does help so I, I truly truly appreciate everyone who does that it makes a big impact thank you very much and then if you like the information we share in our podcast, you can always find more from us on our social media channels. I post on Instagram every day and YouTube a lot. So find us and follow us under the name Brutal Iron Jim. As always, I hope this was helpful and thank you for listening.